Damn, but I will say, the second I said hot dogs, y'all fucking judged me. <laughs> oh, God, Did you lose your goddamn mind? I'm either gonna drink to be happy or drink to be sad, but either way, we're I'm drinking. Drink. I'll take you guys to New Jersey yeah. as a matter. Round two. So what do we got for round two? For round two, we have. Oh, I need my glasses for this one. So I always, I want to get the town right. This is a seasonal, so that so it's already not available for the rest of the year, unless you can still find it on the shelf. But it's from Rockland, California, Out of Bounds Brewing Company, Caramel Super Stout. Ooh, eleven percent alcohol this year. Mm-hmm. All right, nice. Not barrel-aged, not whiskey anything. Not nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. Just a big stout with caramel in it. Wow, and 11% at that. Mm-hmm. That's kind, of, that's kind of interesting that they got the stout to be 11% with not aging it or, or in any kind of barrels. So, and exactly. And, and out of the... There's, a, there's very few bitters that I have found... I really love that really have a great character. Even though they get them strong like that, they're they're astringent. There are several different, you know, off-putting qualities very often in an imperial stout when they're that strong. Yeah. But this one here, without being barrel aged, without having any of the, the the whiskey attributes or brandy or anything else, is one of my favorites. Ranks right up there in flavor with one of those sort of beers. Man. All right. Well, let's here it goes. Do this thing. Get that sound. Gloink. Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll uh, while you're pouring, I'll do uh, an easy. Do some beer beer trivia since we found some finally. That was decent. All right. Let's start with this. Uh, what year was beer first available in bottles? What are they first? What year? Give a roundabout, you know. Uh, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you uh, a decade for sure. Oh well. So you know that's that's twenties. Earlier. Oh. Well, give me that decade then. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you the. It, it was in the eighteen hundreds. Oh, I should know all of this, man. What? What? Um. Yeah. What? Eighteen hundred and what was the uh, first? Were they first bottled beer? Seventy-six. Not a little too late. Eighteen fifty. Holy! They Who first heard, the first beer was first available in bottles in eighteen fifty. Now I'll, it'll be a two-parter. This will be a little bit later. You're a little bit closer to the first answer. When was the first available can? Now that is really an insult to me because I'm not going to be able to answer it. And yet I, I collected cans. I remember. Oh man, I I used to go beer can hunting. The old steel sided, straight topped, opened them with a little opener on each side. That was the first ones. The, the, yeah. yeah, no, you had to use an opener. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you collect those? I sure did. Yeah. I had hundreds. They would fall down. <laughs> it would sound like the end, end of the world. Just like <laughs> displaying them and fucking crash one night. Like, oh, you're in a completely other end of the house, and you just hear it from upstairs. Just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go up there and restack them all. And they were in order, by the way, and they better get back in that oh, same order again. <laughs> there goes that collecting like mentality of right. you know when you have a collection of something that you always find yourself like uh, in high fidelity. Mm, you gotta organize, man. You gotta organize it, and then other times you're like, I want to organize it in this chronological order, alphabetical order, uh, girls I used to date order, like that kind of shit. <laughs> that was great. Okay, so I can't answer that really easily. I, I would, oh man, it really shows my how much I've forgotten because you could also associate that probably with the industrial age when we first started using steel and line, lining cans. Probably in that same yeah, that same decade. I'm guessing. Yeah, and yet I'm afraid to say what it is because it'll make, make me even more foolish. I'll get, it was before Hitler. <laughs> I'll say that. Or I should say before World War II, not before Hitler, but before World War II. 
Hitler was definitely after prohibition. Probably right in that little. Have I asked too much? I was gonna say 1928. Uh, close, but a little bit later. 1932. 35. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but 32 would have been almost on the mark. So yeah, 1935, the first can was available. Oh, the first cans were cone tops. Were they? Yes, they were. Huh. They looked like bottles, and they had a bottle cap on them. But they were just in line in cans. It, it looked like oh, a can, oh, 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 but it yeah. had a metal cone like an they oil can would. Still have some of them. They, well, they used to anyway. They still had some of those. I remember drinking at least one. Those Shitty. were the most coveted beers of the beer can collector. Was yeah. to have cone tops. Yeah, they had. Uh, they had these in Miller Light or Bud Light or some stupid something like that. Ugh. Some ter- some horrible or even maybe even Heineken too. Some, some terrible canning bottle. It looked like a bottle. It looked like exactly a bottle, but it was aluminum. Oh, well, I'm disgusted. Yeah, you should be. I would, <laughs> I but I drank it for some reason. I was really? like, all right, I'll take it. I'm disgusted just because of who they are. I don't care what they did. Or... Yeah. I was, I I was trying to think. For New Year's, was it on the top? No, no, no. I had a, a really terrible Heineken on this party that we went to for New Year's Eve this year. The party was cool. It was a DJ party, but it was at the, um, the fuck you call it? The, uh, where's that? That sex club in, in San Francisco? He asks me like I know. <laughs> in, in, uh, in San Francisco. What the fuck's it called? Dead. The, oh, God. I don't know, man. I really don't. They turned it in, so they, they have, like, basically, they, they do. They do uh, adult film stuff on the top floor, but on the bottom floor they opened up a, a... tasting room. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but like DJ, like a big, big ass venue. It's huge. It looks like an airport almost. Hmm. But on top they take you out like it's like it's not DNA. It's not that. No, no, no. no it's it's, that's not, no. it's some other kind of club. Like it's popular too. Like if I said it, it's, it's might start with an A. Not the Almanac or the Alamo or anything like that. It's like something around that kind of term. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Round. Starts with an A. Yeah. I don't know. A-S. Steven no. would know because uh, every time I'm like, he's like, oh, that club. But uh, it's just where all like the um, porn stars and people go and we happen to get wristbands during the New Year's Eve party. Because somebody knew the security guard, and we got to go upstairs in the the VIP lounge, which no make a film. Well, no, but that's <laughs> where they were making them. So, but they had all you know, like the bondage and up there, and everybody's like these statues of girls tied up, and um, like a, this unisex bathroom where just girls and guys and just you know fucking people in there doing blow, and you know girls taking shit while you're pissing in the urinal, and just like that's odd. <laughs> One of those kind of parties. But I ended up getting like, uh, I was trying to get, they only had like Heineken or wine and I was like, okay, I guess I I don't have to drink a Heineken. And the guy in front of me, they were just like the little cake, the cans. Mm -hmm. The guy in front of me had got the last Heineken and then after that was only Heineken light. And I was like, oh my God, this is the, probably the worst beer I've ever had in my life. What it serves as a mouthwash depending on what your activities are there. Well, yeah, I didn't have that kind of activity experience. You You didn't go to the bathroom? Yeah, I I didn't. uh, That one bathroom though. Yeah, I didn't. Here, cheers, man. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't indulge in that kind of, uh, that seventies party. Uh, but no, we just hung out in front of like this big ass giant, like, Fireplace and all the like the walls were like velvet and shit. You know, it was like one of those. It looked like a vampire room basically, <laughs> but with, like all these racks and shit. You like. I wonder how they clean the velvet. I don't know. There's got to be a nice steam technique or whatever. That can you, can can you even clean semen off of velvet? It just it seems like it would just be there like, the entire or, time. Or do they just revelvet on a regular basis? That could be that could be velvet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's revelvet. That's a good term. I'm gonna revelvet everything. <laughs> Drape everything in velvet. We've yeah. reached body fluid saturation mm. point. But they had fucking. Well, they had fucking. They had fucking and uh, <laughs> better music and better beer at the at the VIP lounge. Mm. Downstairs, they had the same shitty beer. So I mean, this was a better vibe. Shit, you're fucking. Yeah, it went from 
had to be like 3,000 people, maybe more, to like 20 people. So, you know, it had that better intimate setting. Mm. And it was like, I don't, I was like, I don't, I didn't want to be in that kind of crowd. It's a funny time to use the term intimate, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're down to 20 people. I'm feeling pretty intimate now about this uh, sex lounge. Yeah, this, this sex lounge. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm wondering if anybody's going to engage in anything. And nothing happened. And I was like, damn it. It wouldn't be the first time I've seen some shit go down in like a big ass public place like that. But all right. I had, I have this one friend who uh, we were double dating at the time. And we went to this show. And we were at the bar, just hanging out, and there's wall-to-wall people. I mean, it's, like, packed. Uh, we were, like, shoulder-to-shoulder, me and my girl. We all got drinks. And then, so, there's people behind us, in front of us, all around us, clockwise. And me and my girlfriend are arm-in-arm and, you know, drinking beer. And then my friend and his girlfriend are arm-in-arm and drinking a beer. And she's like, she's like, here, can you hold my beer? And then my girlfriend grabs her beer and... She just goes down on her knees and starts sucking this guy's dick. And I was like, uh, right? I don't know if this is kind of party. <laughs> and it was in the middle of, like, the whole show. It was just probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. <laughs> I was just like, uh, I don't know how to feel about this. I'm just not going to, I'm going to not, not turn away. And I'm not, I'm not I'm just going to be, like, around drinking my beer, <laughs> casually watching this guy get his dick sucked. And he's just like cheersing me as this is happening so I'm like okay <laughs> this is that kind of party <laughs> so yeah but yeah it's a good time uh, I don't think I've been to a party like that I mean I've been to a lot of parties over the years and that's probably stunted my memory of even whether I have been to one like that or not but uh, had I been it was probably not meant to be that a party like that it just kind of had some weird nuances here and there that yeah Somebody was trying to make it a party like that, maybe. But, Sometimes uh, it's too forced, you know. Yeah. If if uh, I've been to some weird parties, but I I we went not recently, but I say well within the last two years, we got invited to a friend's party. But it was called. We ended up finding out that it was called a cuddle party. Mm. But there was no cuddling and there was no sex. And there was just a bunch of weird fucking people there. And we were just... Ended up going and standing there for maybe... I don't know. Like... An hour? I guess. We got we dropped off. And it was like in Mountain View or somewhere. What'd you learn, though? What happened? I didn't learn what, shit. What did happen? Nothing. Nothing happened. It was like... I guess in this party that's supposed to happen is the you know it's supposed to be massaging and then there is supposed to be like orgies happening I guess we found this out afterwards because she just said my, my friend's having a party and she invited us so we're gonna go to the party I was like okay and and, there, and then we got there and it's like this weird like these people playing uh, some Celtic music like uh uh, it was like a two, a two, uh, a girl and a guy basically singing like old school, like folk Celtic kind mm-hmm. of like, which wasn't bad music. It was just kind of odd in the room setting and in what people were just kind of like, you know, like trying to give eyes at what's going on. And I just didn't understand what was happening. I'm just like, where's all the fucking alcohol? And then I was like, we got wine in this. And I was like. So I kept going into other people's coolers and just grabbing whatever the fuck. I was like, this looks like a beer. It's not. It's a cider. Fuck. And I would like chug the cider. Now, now I'm looking for a beer. And this guy's like, here, we'll, we'll go to my house and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get some more beers over there. And he like lived next door. I was like, all right, let's do that. Went over to his house, grabs a, a couple of shitty beers like Shock Top and some, some really other fucking horrible things. And I was like, oh, okay, this is this is the people. This is what people fucking really drink. It's terrible. <laughs> and, yeah, and then not in Mountain View. Come on. And we stayed like for a little, like an hour or so, and then everybody was just kind of like hanging out on the floor, <laughs> sit like talking, but not like it was just a bunch of weird people. It was like 
an older crowd and then some younger crowd and then some bigger ladies and some weird old guys and I was just like I don't we gotta go <laughs> this is not the vibe I'm looking at so I, I, I don't know it's the first time I've been to a cuddle party and it was no cuddling or maybe it's just a very slow process it seemed like it could go an all like an all nighter and it was and just nobody like, like nobody broke the ice and just started blowing somebody right there you know you figure like that's what it should, probably should have happened Maybe that's how the cuddling starts. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. You just get so tired, you finally just pass out on each other. Yeah. <laughs> that's the cuddling. You uh, wake up spooning. Oh, this is a, a pretty good one. Um, where did the pilgrims land? What... what what part of what what piece of land did the pilgrims land because they were running low on beer? Plymouth Rock. Oh. Well, Plymouth, yeah, Massachusetts. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was an easy one, but Plymouth. But that's but but they gave us gave it a new reason as to why. Yeah, like I don't. You never hear that in anything. They they're running low on beer, so they they stopped and discovered America. And discovered America, yeah. Via American history's perspective, at least. yeah. And Leif Erikson's, Erikson's descendants came over and said, Here's some more beer for you. Good ale we seek. Good ale we seek we'll take. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Nebraska state law. You ever been to Nebraska before? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Me as well. I've been to <laughs> Omaha. Me as well. Uh, they, had some, they had some pretty cool, interesting dive bars there. They had like this cat that would go around, and they had a cat door for these cat that would. There was like five or six bars within the main little town right there, mm-hmm. and the cat would go to each bar, and they would jump on the counter, and they would feed the cat, and it would go to the next bar. So the cat was always bar hopping. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, all right, so Nebraska state law requires bars to be cooking what? At the time, any beer is available. So every time you're at a beer bar or any any time you can have beer, what something else must be cooked. Something be available. A, a food is to be cooked with French fries. Beer. I would say French fries, but it's not. I would say think of more of like a hamburger. No, no, no. Like a more of a community, like something easy that you can just. You know, uh, kind of scoop and give. Scoop and give. Down at the old scoop and give. Down scoop and give. <laughs> uh, oatmeal. Nope, warmer. Uh, uh, That's on that warmer thing, but better not be oatmeal. No, no, no. I don't want my dinner salty, oatmeal. With salt, saltier. Saltier gruel. A saltier gruel. It's a, a kettle of. Stew. Close. Soup. Yep, soup. So Nebraska has a state law that requires that you must cook a kettle of soup anywhere that beer is being served. That's fucking interesting. I could live with that law because I like soup so much. I, I really love it. That's, that's all I ever eat is soup. I'm a soup guy. Yeah, I'll yeah. eat soup all year round. I get pissed off in the wintertime when there is no soup at Whole Foods because the wintertime has come and everybody's like, ooh, I'm going to get soup. When I'll go, yeah, I'll go. Take all my damn soup. Yeah, exactly. Hmm? That's the thing. I'll go in the summertime. Like, look at all the soup that's available. Get all the soup I want. <laughs> I yeah, I'm a daily, daily soup guy. Yeah. Especially for lunch, I, I feel like I've had the most nutritious meal of the day. If I've just had me a good bowl of good soup. And I find myself now making like more soup than ever, and I've I've been making my own like stock, like vegetable stock. And you know, just buying local produce and just cooking it down, and well, and it's lovely you know. because you can buy the ingredients that you wanted for the night before, for instance, and you've got some vegetables left over, and that leads to your idea as to what you can make for the soup for. It doesn't just have to be no. a pile of leftovers, totally, but it can be the inspiration for another lovely day of eatings. Yeah, which is great. So you just buy a shitload of, of produce and vegetables. Mm. You can make your own stock, and it only takes two hours or whatever. 
Got you some Brussels sprouts. Yep, Brussels sprouts. Get in there, Brussels sprouts. Get there. You get some. Uh, you get some kale, some potatoes, some carrots, some celery. Shit. Any, all any, the good stuff. All that good stuff. Yeah, so many good things. Uh, let's see. Many of the health benefits of drinking beer. Uh, well, that was, never mind. That's, <laughs> that's a stupid one. Aww. And there we were talking about health benefits, something I like to talk about. Oh, here we go. More, more food kind of with, with, well. All right. Sort of a food uh, base. It's like early recipes for beer sometimes included uh, some ingredients. And a lot of these are with well, what we were just saying is cooking like soup or something. Um, there is one, two, three, four, five. There's actually eight. Just name like two. Heather? What was it? Heather. No. Uh huh. So just name like, yeah, I mean, besides sugar, there's some like other things in soup that you, in honey. So I'll leave out sugar and honey. There's also a couple of other things that. Salt. That's in, but not. But they use this for early recipes for beer. But herbs are already. Mm hmm. That's why I said Heather, because that already... It could be herbs or, uh, um, I, well, we'll talk about this in a minute. If it's Old in, Scottish recipes, if it's way back when, they put Heather in their beers. So that's, uh, that's why I thought, ooh, I've, I've got this one right away. Yeah. Um, it could... It, no. Rosemary. No. Nope. Close. <laughs> there is one. So there's an herb. There's what I think considered um, uh, a vegetable. Uh, well, I guess we'll, we'll decide if that's if you think it's a vegetable or not. I, I guess I would consider it a vegetable. It could be. It could be on the fence. And also something kind of random that I would be like, "Why the fuck?" I'm guessing this is for thickness. What would you thicken up something besides flour? Semen. Uh, that, <laughs> is that your, is that your go-to? <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> Everybody's been making semen-filled beers all, all day. Uh, so yeah, so you got. You get three. Yeah. So one is a herb, one is a vegetable, and I'd say one is... A You're not saying tomato, are you? No. Good. Yeah, no. This one, I think, is more questionable than that. Because, like, yeah, tomatoes are actually is a fruit. Yeah. yeah. And they're psychedelic. Oh, mushrooms. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's one. Then you got two more. One is a herb, and then one is just like a... An oddball, which is, I guess, almost like a flower, but uh, not flower, but in that realm. It's not oatmeal because oats mm -mm. go in beer. Mm -mm. Naturally. Nope. So you got mushrooms. That's one. Well, and you helped. That's all right. With psychedelic. Psychedelicness. It's a psychedelic breakfast. It could have anything in it. Uh, Eggs. Certain types of leaves. Like you, would a, like you would cook a soup or spaghetti pasta like a spaghetti sauce you would put one of these in there or a, a bay leaf yeah mm -hmm. so mushrooms and bay leaves they would use for beer for and, recipes and, and now for the thickener no and now for the thickener which mm. is kind of a weird one because I would just say that not this, corn starch no nope. sense whatsoever no nope. it's, it's on that like wave of things that you would use like like if you're making a, a, a if you bread something at home, it's usually like a a flour, egg, and baking soda, no. baking powder. Baking. That's the last ingredient you use. Like if you did deep, like a fried chicken. But flour, ah, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs. So I guess that would be a thickening, right? Breadcrumbs. Yeah. The, you weren't winning me with that one. I mean, that didn't work with the jogging memory. Doesn't mean no. They're using that as a, as an additional grain. It sounds like a cheap ass way to uh, to to get more sh sugars. 
Out, out of the... Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're still yeah. doing that only for gimmicky reasons rather than, you know, like right. graham crackers or the pie crust beers. And I wonder, so well, yeah, and I feel like people would do that now. It's like, so I use these... Um, I, oh, <laughs> fuck. I would use, uh, like, stuffing. <laughs> Just fucking put a whole shitload of stuffing in this well, Thanksgiving beer. Thanksgiving beer. <laughs> fucking tastes like a fucking gravy and shit in there. <laughs> and a turkey. Yeah, I feel like those like hipsters would do that now and just try to, I'll put breadcrumbs on beer. Oh, that's cool. Not. <laughs> but yeah, it says here that the early recipes for beer sometimes included mushrooms, poppy seeds, butter, bay leaves, sugar, aromatics, honey, and breadcrumbs. Which is kind of... Let's go all the way back to the Egyptians, though. Yeah. Oh, man, they put some crazy stuff in there. Well, and the Egyptians, because they did that because the water was not drinkable. Right. Well, and that went on. Beer got us through several eras. Yeah. That kept everybody going and not getting poisoned. But on one hand, not now, but it, it, we romanticize that as beer drinkers. But when you look at it realistically, the beers back then didn't have very much alcohol in them at all. Just enough to stave off the uh, organisms that were... The problem, and the organisms were killed just by heat. Yeah. So actually, during the brewing process, but they were, they, these were like two percent ales. These were great for kids. Yeah, these were were less than than anything. The whole family drank it. Yeah. For dinner because right. they couldn't have water. Right. And it, had, and it had a really low alcohol. Yeah. Was it was it less than point something percent? Well, no, but but it could be in the two percent range. In the two percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know that. So in in England, you're you can. You can have beer at five years old. You can't buy it, but you're allowed to have it in a private setting at five. Mm-hmm. And your family can give it to you. Just last week I was discussing this. There was another country, another European country, with the same deal. Very much the same deal. Can't remember which country it was. Hmm. But, of course, it's all related. I mean, they, yeah. they influenced each other so closely. They're right next to each other. Historically, that yeah, a lot of that came from that era where it saved your life. You drank it. You ever see that documentary, How Beer Saved the World? Yeah, it's been a while. Though. Yeah, it's been a while for me. I haven't seen it in years, but it was pretty good. Had a whole like that was like the whole discussion on all the workers too. They would just, you know, they had to stay. It was also like a meal plus they couldn't drink the water, so this was a way to to continue the process of living yeah yeah they just made beer it's sterile gruel yeah sterile gruel and <laughs> however it tasted it was probably fucking terrible but probably yeah it's gonna be like it's an, like I always find I always find methods like well and also so you're being like you being like a scientist or being like a in that in that work field I guess of like chemicals and, or, or putting things together I think this is fair. Yeah, like recipes and, you know, there's always been though. I guess it's fascinating to me of what, how people discover things like that, like just beer making in general, right? Because you take a certain recipe and, you know, like how did you know that it had to be at this Well, they find stuff out by mistake because clearly they were making the wrong decisions all along when they were saying, they realized that beer was saving their life. They didn't realize it was the temperature. Of the, That's of, all it took. All they had to do was boil that water, and they would have been fine. Yeah. But it took them years and years and years to discover that was the reason. They they were they just all they did know was that once they made the beer, it was good. Right. So so in a sense, you could boil water, cool it down, and drink it. In, in their case, absolutely. Right. Because you're just you're boiling all out all the bacteria. Mm-hmm. You. So basically, distilled. I mean, water. it doesn't work under every circumstance, but under their circumstances, for yeah, right. for their needs, right. it absolutely would have been all it, all it took. All they needed, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I find it interesting that it takes time and to discover those things. Right. Very often, though, that's the way science is. That it'll discover something will be discovered because it works, and then you've got to go back and figure out why it works, and then you're really surprised that it. Works for a completely different reason than the one than the one you assumed. Yeah. Do you think it's the same for like? So do you? I mean, so science, and I, I believe in most science than I do anything, because obviously it takes research, 
and enough research and enough research. Do you think that there is enough research to that uh, tells us that there is no God or that religion, obviously religion is kind of... Oh, I'd like to take it a step or two backwards because actually the whole academic process started, which, made, which created the sciences, based on an initial search for God. It was that simple. There was the original academic process was a search for meaning for life. And what they got out of that was critical thinking. And out of critical thinking, the sciences were developed one at a time. They branched out from it. So the entire process of going of academia yes. is a distilled ability to think critically and so do the 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 original wording of your question is can create some volatility there certainly it's like well yeah i i think it can yeah but but no it the reason it you wouldn't even jump to that conclusion to begin with that, that there there is a higher power is because you are you're not making that assumption yet you you you're scientifically critically thinking you're, you you need proof of an existence and you need uh, so, physical things to put together to make it happen and all of this is a theory it doesn't exist theory, right it doesn't exist well no right. it's ethereal it's it's like we're trying to prove something that we've never had uh any uh, indication of it, uh, that is there that's not how science works right science doesn't work by i just have that idea suddenly that there's a lovely purple fucking dinosaur that watches me only when i sleep yeah it's a cartoon one, though. It's not, you know... It's not... not I didn't it's, mean, like, one of those memes. No, no, from, it's not breaking down my house. No, he's kind of like a Barney guy, and he's really quiet. Yeah. He's big, and it's, it's just making singing. sense. Yeah. Because, he's, because I sleep through it, and, and he just watches me with a goofy grin. Mm -hmm. But when I wake up, he disappears a little bit, maybe kind of sucks under my bed, and... I, why would I uh, even begin to hear somebody else tell me about that? And then me try to find scientific methodology to prove it wrong or right. True. It doesn't yet exist. Where I work in a world of, of uh, I live, I try to live in a world of, of, of established, uh, observable, repeatable things. And then that try... That you can prove, right? That well, like even exists you, and, or, and that you can make... You at least know they're there. That you can see something and you know it's a repeatable behavior, and then you can then go about dissecting it. Okay. From a critical standpoint, like, well, what makes that happen? What questions are, are derived from that? From from watching something repeatable occur. Right. Because because mostly science too is also like you got to keep asking questions, right? Mm -hmm. Until you find the final point to and they're often they're usually there is a final point right there isn't because you get a so you basically it's research until proven more, more questions or more answers bring about more questions yeah and give you a deeper insights right yeah I mean uh, yeah there's some there's some science that's just it's so crazy because there's all kinds of, of, of styles or types of science that people are just and basically and science in my opinion is just the research of the unknown until we, we can find the answers. Yeah, it's just, it's a to constant proven, process. You're, you're, you're basically to prove something. It's a constant process of finding answers. Yeah. And it works so perfectly well. It does. It's the best we can do. It is. It's the absolute best we can do. There might be a, a even yet better process for discerning uh, truth and answers out there, but we are doing the best we can do now. We don't know what it is. We've distilled logic and the ability to, through logic, to find answers to the best of our abilities at this point. And look how it's working for us. It's true. I mean, everything is that is working for us. Electricity in our house, taking cars down the road to the most extraordinary daily discoveries, you know, that are... 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, unzipping uh, DNA, for instance, and all of that, and talking about that as a regular, rational, uh, I mean, daily. I mean, my favorite shit, my favorite show right now that I'm watching, and I continuously watch it every night, every day, even if I've seen the episode again and again, is uh, Forensic Files. That's my phone, but yeah, it's Forensic Files. Hmm. So it's all DNA, all forensics, all uh, all science. DNA testing and you know everything that they can like figure out how to get uh, a trace on somebody what better proof is there that that critical thinking works than being able to on a regular standard basis use DNA as a definitive methodology for so many things in, in court of law to, in in uh, creating solutions to, to disease, etc., without ever being able to see it. Right. So proof, even if somebody like murdered somebody, then you can't find the body. But you can't see DNA. Exactly. That's why they have like, you know, all these sprays, and they have, uh, you know, they they just have so much detailed evidence, and it takes the detectives and the forensic department team to go through the garbage uh, there's so like a piece of paint but how did somebody first discover DNA when they couldn't see it yeah that that's just by logical progression it, it, yeah because it, it had to take time and, and in our day and age now it's ridiculous but even in the 90s it, w- it wasn't if somebody got murdered in the 90s it wasn't as good as it can be right now of discovering who it could have been without any bodies or any other thing. You can investigate the crime, do all these things, but they could find your saliva on a bottle and just do a swap. Mm-hmm. They found a bot like a bot like a, uh, a plastic bottle in a, gar- a garbage bag that had been chucked into a river for a year. They didn't find it. They found it in a year. Got the the swab off the bottle of the saliva and matched the DNA to uh, Codex. And Codex is in the, the database of, uh, you know, prisoners and DNA who uh, have committed crimes mm-hmm. all over the country. And you put it in that system of the DNA and you can get a perfect match on, mm-hmm. like, one person. That's how crazy it's gotten. And like I said... You can't see DNA. So like the way it got it. that crazy was by theory after theory. And testing. Being and proven to the point where they proved that there was DNA. There was a time not that long ago where we figured that the, out that it existed. Yeah. All by critical thinking. Yeah. Scientific method. Scientific methods of just, you know... Uh, Which is critical thinking. Yeah. It's... I mean, I find that's... I find... That's what I find about science so amazing. It's just that these people are, are so smart and they just go through this process of just really asking themselves questions and just trying to discover the answer. You know, just... Well, the process just becomes your religion. Yeah. It, so, I mean, you don't really... Uh, that part should be your habit. The, the, the behaving within the realm of whether you're discerning things factually or not in other words laboratory method so on scientific method you're, you that part is just ingrained in you like I said like a religion you don't deviate from that yeah what's the point I mean you, that that's your world that's what you believe in how are you how are you going to find the truth if you're not following the proper path yes yeah if you're not on the road to discovery then so that just comes in as a habit and not on a total conscious level anymore. You just learn to do that. Behave yeah. within the confines of, of appropriate behavior to, to discern things. And then, you know, laboratory methods, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then, then the answers. So we're standing on the shoulders of giants, essentially. You know? You're, yeah. You're, you're doing a lot of things habitually because of what uh, uh, based on the habits of what others have taught us and taught us and taught us all the way down the line yeah yeah so we're you know and we're going through a process of elimination on, on things of that we've learned from the past 
So, which was cool about history too. You know, you have to, you know, you learn history in order almost to get to that point. It's like, why did they get to there? You don't have to take those steps. Now, as a scientist, you can pick up where they left off almost. I've always called this because it applies to life in general. It applies to, yeah. to, to not just to our lives, but to the entire way the world works. It's I call it the sophistication of events. First comes a simple situation. Yeah. And then if it seems to be a, a successful situation, so it repeats itself to a great advantage to itself, to the point where it's happening often, it will eventually create a, a, a city or a world of its own, and things will have to come along to support that. And then before you know it, other things come along to support that, and other things come along to support that. And before you know it, you have a very complicated, multi-faceted uh, realm all started by one simple thing. And that, and that one simple thing could no longer exist by itself without all, uh, everything surrounded supporting it. Right, which is um, pretty much, I mean, as, as the, the, those things come along and that's where problems come along and then you have to learn to, to deal with it accordingly, I'm guessing, like, like why, why laws have come in. Of, well, you know, just you like know. I always said at one point, we, had, we just had science. Yeah. And before that, we, did, we just had uh, philosophy. Right. And then science branches break apart. Everything always splinters and splinters and splinters and splinters. And it's like tree branches. Just, I mean, so I'm just a splinter of, uh, of so many things. At one point, um, in anatomical pathology, there was only one person that would do what entire departments, multiple departments are doing now. Because it's now splintered out into electric, electron microscopy, cytology... Um, flow cytometry on and on and on there's somebody that's ahead of each of those departments and only just knows how to do that yeah it becomes more and more complex I mean if, uh, if society collapsed <laughs> it, it, we, we'd need all of these people mm -hmm. at the heads of all of these things yeah that at one point was just one thing yeah it all starts out small and, and expands into something else and creates Problems, or uh, I don't want to say problems all the time, but create situations that people aren't really necessarily ready to uh, uh, deal with, and then it takes that to you know present itself to be like, oh, well now this is something that we have never seen before. We have to figure out what is, and pretty much. Uh, if it's good or bad and then enhance it or cut it off like you know like a treatment if, if this growth is bad chop it off if this growth is good we got to move it in a new direction we're, know, and we're social creatures yeah I mean we couldn't have accomplished all of our advancements without being social this is very true with with communication and sharing ideas and information which is you know key to it's that, all been cooperation yeah from the beginning we share knowledge and then we build on it and every little thing bursts into a whole series of things yeah yes. and, I, and, that, and then that mimics life I mean that's exactly how things continue to survive through evolution or don't as things get more and more sophisticated look at us we, we're a multicellular organized Conglomeration that started out as one cell at one point mm -hmm. in time, mm -hmm. and then, and as all theories point, perhaps became a, a, a cooperation between two different types of cells, where they began to live off each other, and then eventually, yeah, it, the, the, that's the story of life, right there. Sophistication of events. Yeah, very true. Yeah, uh, it's it's amazing how that. I mean, I mean, life in general just is 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 crazy, and, and uh, even the fact that we are basically a tadpole to a superior, you know, kind of being on a planet that we live on. You know, we we 
it, we are we were started out as literally the little sperm of a tadpole and grow into this fucking huge what you know the universe I mean before life before life formed holy crap I mean and it's all it still holds the same principle it just gets more and more sophisticated till life was able to form but the, nothing is ever greater than anything else I mean you're you're over here in this expansion cosmic expansion of events you're this one little tiny dot to the left and uh, from there eventually everything expands out of that yeah <laughs> and then from there everything expands out of that and from there and that that seems to be the nature of life right there yeah from there from this to that to that to that to, to go back and figure out wh what was the beginning well that's a nice it's a nice theory it's nice to talk about but but do you, you know, it, it seems like a moot point is was there a beginning and and uh, do, do you I mean are you one of those people that you, do you feel like you, you like there had to be a beginning to something or do you feel like I don't like to feel there I there has to be anything if I don't have any proof for it that's that's just how my mind works and and, and time is just such a weird right I mean to, to think in general in your mind of a specific does it have like a time like time in general if you just go back and back and back and back and back was there was there a, was there the big boom theory to just kind of go and that's where we are uh, I listened to this one podcast with uh, some uh, Joe Rogan and uh, this other guy who's just talking and he made some sense but he was just talking like some nonsense of like not nonsense but he already was basically saying things that I already and you would probably know like you know if even if the word napkin and the word bottle existed if we called a napkin a bottle and a bottle a napkin it's still the same thing regardless of what the name is it's still the same you know uh, material and made of glass and this is made of paper and blah blah and we've given names to things but he was just going on and on and on. It sounds like they were high a little bit, maybe. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure. It was a, it was a pretty good podcast. But this guy is like, he I guess he's just like a, a, an author of, of some books and a scientist as well of discovery. And he just kind of goes off on a tangent of stuff, and you get lost mm. in the in the universe of him talking, and you're just like, oh my god, what the, f <laughs> the fuck am I listening to right now? I'm like driving down the highway, I'm like I'm zoning out into the universe, and I'm like, I don't know where I am. Well, I'd like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it was a good, it was a good episode, but it was just kind of like you know, but it, it, it takes you on like so. I, I'm thinking like, at, at what point, right? Like, is there just because there's a beginning start point to everything that we've done? Was there a beginning? But it's always branched from something else, right? But was it so? What caused the Big Bang? Yeah, so, and, and, and just the universe in general, I mean, right? Because we're not the only planet, you know, and they've recently, I think they found some other shit that was uh, life on other planets that were actually well, pretty The Big close. Bang is supposed to be the birth of our... Our, our existence. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, I, I don't even... I, it, to me, it just seems futile to... to once I picture how minuscule I am in the travels toward, uh, and then I'll be dead, and things will just keep moving forward, and things get more sophisticated, and we, but in one end, and, and we leave stuff behind us. It seems like it's been going on eternally. I mean, it seems yeah, as such, but and it almost, like I said, seems futile to try to prove otherwise or believe otherwise. I don't see the point of, of uh, making up things that can't be established that otherwise. can't be proven yeah you can't prove that there's no god you can't prove that but you can't prove there is you can't yeah you can't prove that there is a god you can't you can't prove that there was a start point to life you can't prove that there's going to be an ending point to life i mean well you might be able to one day prove there's a starting point i mean really we've just come so far with our ability to think <laughs> these things yeah through. i guess that's probably true as well um education just in general has probably taken us further and further and further and I think even just with communicating which is kind of what I like about language is 
our ability to communicate with each other, we have one, not one spoken language, but we have all of a common language, which is English. And whether it be harsh or not harsh in a, in a sounding way, but it helps us figure out with people that we don't know and from foreign lands on our own planet of what they're saying. So we can actually still communicate together and figure out what he's saying and then what I'm saying and put it to a more worldly, you know, uh, a worldly, um, uh, higher, higher like education as far as like, I can understand what you're saying, you can understand what I'm saying, and now we can both progress into this higher level of, now that has to be the duh factor, like, yeah, we know this. Language is not our thing now. We're, there's no communication barriers. We're not not understanding when you said frog and I meant giraffe. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know? So well, the beauty of linguistics is, is that it illustrates to us that we're so fluid in adaptability. And that means everything is. Yes. Organisms in general are. that. I mean, because we started with one language and before that we didn't have a language. We're, we're just... We're just this one critter that's, that's in, been changing and talking and, and into sounds, right? And, and yeah, and we make make all of these uh, different languages. We can't understand each other. That's a rather rapid process altogether. That's like tribes just began to spread across the world and tra- and end up in different places, and then no longer under- be able to understand each other just in that period of time, that brief period of time. And I think that it's still on that level of communication that it's still. A science almost in general of there's still words that we can't express that don't actually mean what we're trying to say you know what I mean like there's some words that just aren't good enough and they're and, very and, vague and, and the words that don't mean exactly the same thing in different languages because of their, their culture has a that has so it expresses the feeling like you're saying that it doesn't quite fit what you want to say. There might be a culture out there where it does exactly fit what you're trying to say. Right, and that's also possible. And I was, I think I was probably talking to somebody else about this one at one point in my life. That uh, there are certain words in other languages that so because you're you're trying to process the elimination in your in your brain of of. To pinpoint exactly what you want to say, even when you're, you know, you're thinking about it, and you try to choose the right words, and I guess based on your vocabulary skills and your knowledge, you know, your your, va- your vocabulary is out there, but you're trying to narrow it down and pinpoint the exact thing that you're either feeling, you know, or trying to to say what it is. And we and, never nail that even within we, our own language. Yeah, and we never nail that within English. And there's other languages that are, they have words like I think Germ, I think it's Germany, that the Ger- some Germans have like more, like narrowed down specific words that are like exactly what you mean to say. And, but I'm guessing we have some of that as well in English, but it's just not as uh, maybe. Uh, um, like we're, we're we're born our language is born of Germanic, yes descent. Well, I mean English has like everything. it got filled with Latin. Yeah, English is everything really. Well, it's it's primarily Latin and Germanic though, and and it's Germanic rules filled with Latin words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, plus, uh, there's some French, huge influence on America and and English. Well, but that's the Latin again. Yeah, and. America has taken just a language and, and everybody's created this slang and the slang is getting twisted and that's how languages keep yeah. happening occurring yeah and, and actually you know I mean when you said French French is is Latin and and Celtic and Celtic yeah exactly bred together yes over time clearly yeah but not that much time but not that much time that's what's yeah. amazing about it yeah. it's like how these like like anything just Gets meshed together. Take people and keep and push them apart, and then they begin to to change. They adapt to their own environments, uh, separate from the ones that they came from, and that's so they begin to be different sets of people. Um, yeah. So it's so. Uh, 
Yeah, it's so it's so amazing just in general, like of that magnitude of things that like that's why I love every subject in education. I'm sure clearly we we need more, and we need to be easily and more fundable and. It, it, which is what I love about San Francisco right now. In general, if you live there for a year, the college is free. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool that they just did that. I think it's cool anywhere where, where, where you can make it accessible. Yeah, very uh, accessible. It doesn't. You can't solve the problem of of there's only a certain percentage of population that can comprehend and make it through different levels of education. But to make it available to them so that they can. Yeah. Because if they have the conceptual ability, they should be contributing. Yeah. To be helpful to them and it'd be helpful to us if we if we could get them, you know, in, into the process of help, of being socially uh, yeah. viable. And what I think is great is that um, we can, even if we're not going to school, we can still learn and still read and still kind of find knowledge on your own you can still you could still do this like there's so many available things right now that like you can learn another language you can learn anything you want to there's a library right there you know there's oh man books. I found I, there's a university I found it years ago online yeah uh, it's it's from Europe it's it's actually some of the greatest classes that you could possibly find anywhere and it's all free oh really yeah Which is that, um, see that availability right there is what's amazing right now that you don't have to pay not you can still get a, a pretty good education without they're, they're offering those that much money those credits and they, they're actually accredited courses and people are paying for those as well hmm. and and the, all of the information is there available to you for free so that, that alone is is great and it, and it illustrates the point that everything is out there it's just that everybody can't or won't use it no matter what. You're going to get the same percentage no matter what of of people that, I mean... You're always going to... I feel like you're always going to have um, people who are going to rebel against learning and they're not always going to be the most... You know, they're going to be criminals or, or whatever or, or, or the, the lower forms and but um, people like you know it takes a certain person to find something interesting like you know like you like you're a collector of certain things and sometimes I'm a collector of certain things like we both like movies and music for sure and that's not an uncommon thing everybody loves music and movies and there are probably a lot of people that collect a similar lifestyle maybe as as you and I of those kinds of of, of of subjects but you with some of the things take it to a great level that maybe some other people will not take it to and that's kind of where it starts getting with education is the same as like you're pinpointing it down to like where Christine does the music posters that you guys have gone to and she matches the colors and you guys really take pride and it's what I love about these these posters and, and the things that you, you display. It's such an individual uh, collector's kind of uh, uh, lifestyle that, you know, I, I see in it. And education is almost the same way as it, like, people gravitate more towards a subject or a matter, you know, of something, and they start pinpointing of, of like oh now I'm really interested in just this specific thing and I'm now I really want to kind of go towards that you know what I mean I used to love bicycles I mean long before the obsession took over right and I collected them and then I had this one eye-opening moment even after all of these years of, of riding racing style steel bikes and so on of just getting on the Cannondale and going Oh my god! I just made it up that hill so effortlessly. Easy. It was glorious. In fact, yeah, with nothing, no. right? No, no. What caused that? So then I sat down and started reading about it all, and you know, and then that led to 
the bicycle collection that I have now. Yeah. Which neither wasn't just because of performance bikes. Then I started reading backwards, and then I started reading about the history of bikes, and then I f- fell in love with how recently bikes have yeah. been in our lives, period. Right. Uh, you know, turn of the century, actually, was, was when we started riding the two equal-wheeled bikes that we called safety bikes at the time. Hmm. I mean, I, I have one. That, they called them safety bikes because for the first time, instead of having that enormous wheel in the front and the little wheel in the back, you could put your feet on the ground. Because imagine when you have pedals on a big giant wheel in the front, and you're going down a hill and there's no brakes, and you can't put your feet on the ground. Right. You're fucked. What? But yet, for some I, reason, that was their first bicycle, and we rode them around. Yeah. That's good. And then secondarily, we said, hey, let's make them equal so your feet can catch the ground. It's funny how that always works. Very often yes. works. Very yeah, often yeah. works where, where we figure out things not the way you would assume we would have. Definitely. So, yeah, it was just the knowledge and understanding of bikes. And, and, and since when, the, the, it's all been since the turn of, turn of the century. Yeah. All this information just right there, just how quickly. It's such a brilliant story, such a beautiful story of, of how we took probably one of the simplest and yet greatest machines ever. You know? Yeah, I think so, yeah. For man and uh, just to keep living, because uh, you're using muscle and you're using power from your body and, and the return you get from and it and the return you get from it yeah it's it's amazing not just getting in a vehicle and driving I mean cars have come uh, a long way but bicycling has probably come even further and there's people riding I had a friend who uh, rode uh, the whole country he rode from San or he rode from Palo Alto or San Francisco wherever that he started from to Pennsylvania into the whole east coast so they just rode their bikes and it took them like two months but you know they had great bikes and packed enough supplies and it's great how you can balance the amount of weight on the back and pack whatever you really need to just on a bicycle it was such a simple thing yeah didn't take no horses no nothing and you can't really make it much better everybody had been trying and trying they've been adding gears to them and all of that but there's just really only so far you can take the damn thing it's It's, true it's 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 converting your energy and with just a matter of uh, different gears and cranks into bigger wheels and then you go fast yeah because uh, awesome because once you take it to the further steps you become a motorcycle that's it well then you're not pedaling anymore it's just your energy exactly that simple yeah and yeah. you turn a crank and then you transfer that to a different sized crank and put it on wheels that are bigger and they off you go. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't, after the safety bike, it hasn't modified much since then. Just the little gear things. I built one bike just in the heat of my enthusiasm while I was still here in Palo Alto. It's like, God, I love this. It's so simple and yet so awesome. So I built my dream bike, and I bought it one piece at a time, built it myself and whatever. And then the first day I got it going, I was riding across uh, Stanford campus at 45 miles an hour. This is on a flat. Okay, yeah, on a flat. Yeah, just fucking... No, I'm sorry. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm mixing up my 38. 38 miles an hour. That was my first trial run. But I pedaled that out myself, and that was with gears and all of that. Yeah, 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 of course. But it's, I mean, they weren't doing 38 miles an hour on the first safety bike. No, like I no, said, no. I've got one. Ride that thing. It feels like you're riding under, not underwater, under jello. Ooh. <laughs> the resistance it's is incredible. Moving, like, this isn't moving <laughs> at all. The harder you try, the harder you sweat. That's yeah. all. You don't move much faster. Damn. <laughs> but, but such a, just a glorious, simple thing. Yeah. Right there in your hands. You can pick up and carry it, get on it, and then put some effort into it and go. It's amazing. Yeah, it's just such a a great piece of technology that still holds, and I think it will always hold. The bicycle will always be a part of man with machine. It's it's a very that I think that will be the closest we ever bond to a machine. I don't even think we can bond with our cars that much. You know, I think... Because it operates independently of us. Yeah, without you. It doesn't need you. The bike needs you, and you need the bike. When you need each other, as far as, like, technology goes... Well, it's an extension of you, and your car is kind of an extension of you, but... uh, Yeah, it's just a little too easily. It's just too easy. 
You know, it's not... We get around faster, we get around, you know... And it still requires your reactions and such. Yeah, right. There's, you know, obviously it takes something to, to fucking drop You better car. turn and stop at all the right yeah. places. And all, yeah. But that relationship between, I think, man and machine, the closest world will come to as will be a bicycle. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Mm, unless they start implanting crap in us that uh, interacts with us intellectually and so on, which is not that far-fetched anymore. No, I mean, you can, like I said, you could, you can... Shit. With technology now, it, I mean, it's still considered a motored bike if you you take two wheels and you add something to it. But the fact that you're grinding it out yourself and pedaling. I guess what I was thinking of was technological, uh, it, technological advances where, where we're operating machinery with our mind. And, and, and so they're, they're giving people... Uh, Limbs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Prosthetic oh, oh, yeah. limbs that's, that, that that's, they can operate. Oh, yeah. That shit's amazing. With their head. Yeah. With, with their that, thoughts. Like, yeah, connecting yeah. basically almost to every nerve ending. Now, that's got to be a per, pretty, rather personal that connection. Is a real <laughs> personal thing. And these guys, yeah, these guys that are doing marathons on one leg with the steel leg that they've been mm. given, I mean, that shit's also... That's a real simple piece of equipment. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, okay, so yeah, maybe that might be the best, uh, besides bicycles, that's probably the best uh, man with machine being literally put into you. Yeah, you want to sleep with that. Yeah. That night. Well, like Jimi Hendrix did with his guitar. That was another instrument yeah. that there was quite a connection. Oh, man. I mean, the connection with your guitar is amazing. Right. Yeah, that's the only connection you can have. But, and I, I mean, I had to bring up the Jimi Hendrix thing because he literally did take it to yeah. the military with him and sleep with it and yeah. so on. So I mean, he was attached to it like a, like a, like you are a, with a dog or a friend or, or yeah. a companion of yeah. some sort to to cuddle with. As far as not like Mountain View cuddling. No, no, not not that Mountain View cuddling. Uh, yeah, no, totally different cuddling. That would be standing looking at your guitar aloofly yeah. from a distance, just giving it eyes and it never giving it back to you. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't feel the same way. Just strum me and shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're gonna do it or not? That silence ah. was beers. Yes, it was going down. All right, we're gonna take a break for round three, or do you wanna you wanna call it it a, a day? I'm that? always game for round three. All right, well let's uh let's do a round three. We won't make it as crazy long. This one was an hour. Holy. So, but we'll we'll do round three. Maybe we'll do like a half hour. Okay, it'll be good. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned for round three, my lovely audience. Even though I don't have any, I have like twenty six listeners right now, but I'm working. Mm-hmm.